Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode number 53 of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast with Kevin Forch. Uh, really appreciate his time returning uh, to chat with me uh, from an episode a little while ago on the SAC podcast, which you can check out in the show notes if you're uh, interested. Uh, but uh, we go through a lot more of Kevin's story and um, just appreciate how honest and open he is and um, the work that he's doing with his students out there in Nebraska, uh, doing good work and um, really just always uh, enjoy catching up with Kevin and uh, wishing him all the best and uh, glad that I can uh, continue to share his awesomeness with you all and uh, make sure to connect with him because he is a very good follow on Twitter. Uh, I enjoy connecting with him on there myself. So um, yeah, just check out all we mentioned in the show notes as usual. Uh, but without further ado, this is episode number 53 with Kevin Forge. Been a little while since we chatted like this, um, yeah. but I'm excited to kind of catch up and you know, see what's going on uh, in your world. But uh, yeah, so I appreciate you making some time for this. Well, thank you. I feel like I owe it to you since, what was it, like last March that I completely just like walked by you in a airport and didn't say hi at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. We just yeah. generally like cross paths and uh, uh-huh. yeah, missed, missed connection. Uh, <laughs> Um, cause I think you're in like DC for a conference or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was for, it was for a conference and, um, I think it was, I like passed, like our stopover was like in St. Louis or something. And I just, I think passed you by it, someone who like looked halfway familiar and I did not make a connection to that till it was like already on the plane. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is how, yeah, you like kind of like double take after the, you know, like, I don't oh, know, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I probably would not. And like if it were flipped, I would not have just been like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? Like, it's just like that is like oh, a yeah. social thing that could be like, I don't know, yeah, not uh, well suited for, I guess. But yeah, I, I mean, I have I mean, I'm such extrovert, outgoing person that like I think everyone is like there to like connect and meet me if I go like someplace in town, like sure, if I go to Target sure. or something. But the airport and super early morning in St. Louis was not <laughs> one of the places where I just expected to see people yeah. Uh, yeah or yeah i guess it's like the difference they have the setting and if you're expecting it and yeah sure like because yeah if it was like at a conference you're like yeah i'm expecting that people might you know uh come up to me or whatever but um yeah so i don't know i guess this like yeah even because i think that was if it was st louis it had to have been like that's where i think we were going or coming from or something like Mm -hmm. for a wedding yeah so um yeah that's funny Cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks again um, for hanging out for the podcast here. I'll link, um, if people are curious, I'll link over to the other episode that we did before if people want a little kind of prologue um, or just uh, further context whenever you listen to it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I followed for a long time. So I always appreciate when, you know, we can talk like this because I know we kind of interact randomly online. Mm-hmm. But So um, yeah, I guess just because uh, I know you've been doing um you kind of mentioned like some uh kind of work related uh kind of professional development or just sort of like you know uh how you might categorize it but i guess if you want to at least like kind of catch people up in terms of like kind of your professional journey of getting to where you are and kind of what you're exploring i'm sure we'll kind of dig into a lot of it more throughout the episode but yeah just kind of the brief story of who you are and how you get to be where you are today well sure um my name is Kevin. Uh, currently, I'm the director of student success uh, for Southeast Community College. Uh, that's based out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and we have uh, campuses in 
uh, Milford and Beatrice, uh, Nebraska, and all kinds of other sort of learning centers scattered all over our little service area in that in that corner of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I got started. I mean, I was born. I guess I got started because I was born there uh, <laughs> in southwest Nebraska, so on the opposite side of the state, uh, in a small town called Stratton, which has at current count, like something like 380 people in it, wow. something like that, super small. Um, and that's where I was uh, born and raised, uh, went to high school at a consolidated school, meaning that was a couple of towns sort of consolidated in our high school. And my uh, graduating class was uh, 17. And I know that like initially from graduating to um, going to college, there was really only about four kids from my class who sort of went uh, straight to college or sort of to uh, kind of the, a traditional sort of four-year route or even um, a two-year route at that point. Some kids sort of went on um, eventually, but I remember living in sort of that, that small world and really being excited about making a jump uh, to college. It didn't really register me that a lot of people were sort of either sort of stuck where they're at or really didn't see themselves um, moving on to a four-year school and in conversations that I had with them kind of over the summer and things like that, that's something that really um, just stuck to me that being in that small town or sort of being, gosh, we were about two and a half hours away from the closest uh, four-year institution. Mm. Uh, it's really sort of that, that barrier um, for a lot of kids, just not even visually seeing themselves as college material um, was something that really stuck with me kind of like a, from an early point of starting at college. Um, and so that sort of led into uh, potentially me being um, an education major um, while I was at school. Um, I wanted to do secondary English ed, um, and I was really just gung-ho about it until I got uh, to about like my fifth week of student teaching and kind of realized I was miserable. I liked my kids, but a lot of the, the teaching aspects, kind of the repetitive nature of the discipline part of it, the um, grading, the grading and the grading essays and grading everything else was um, making me kind of miserable at that point. Um, so unlike a lot of folks who come on uh, your podcast, Dustin, and sort of say uh, that they had their uh, connections to student affairs professionals like at their at their institution and things like that. Um, I mean, I was involved at the University of Nebraska where I was at. I was a fraternity president. I did some other clubs and groups and things like that. But I don't know that I knew anyone who worked in student affairs um, at all. I had a really, the only person from that side I really knew um, was a really uh, sweet advisor that I had who had been there forever, who kept calling me Kyle instead of Kevin. Um, he was really sweet, so I just kind of went along with it. Um, and so the the student affairs part of that didn't really um, register. But I knew I wanted to stay in education, and I knew that um, the the teaching part of that wasn't really going to work out for me that moment. So um, I graduated college in the fall of 2008, um, which is a rough time to graduate from college. Um, that was sort of in the midst of all the financial crisis stuff. Um, and I landed a job at sort of this super rural uh, community college in Kansas, um, working for their Upper Bound program, um, which is a federally funded program that helps kids who are the first in their family um, go to college. And um, the goal of that is to get them sort of through to 
um, a bachelor's degree um, eventually. And so that work with Upper Bound um, just cultivated something so just like deep inside of me to to my core that touched on really that that sort of sting I felt when I first got to college about um, a lot of kids in my class who I knew could be college material who were better students than I was when I was in high school um, and really helping those folks who who have the, their those barriers that are both seen and unforeseen or just sort of people who have difficulty really seeing themselves um, in a different in a different way than sort of their their life exists at right now um, we worked with a lot of folks who were in really rough family situations um, and really good getting them to vision what their life could be like um, at a college or to sort of set higher expectations for themselves than they had. Um, that's something that really um, kickstarted something um, for me. This is sort of far as a, a life path and things like that. Mm. So um, I uh, stayed in that for um, about a year. Um, I started dating a person who would eventually be my wife, um, who was still in uh, Nebraska kind of during that time. So um, I kind of bolted from the job so I could be um, closer to her, took a couple other random jobs, uh, one at a call center um, for a cell phone company, um, which gave me an idea of what I didn't want to do with the rest of my life. Sure. And uh, then working in the development office for a small liberal arts university, um, which was still cool working with students and everything. Um, but the first chance I got to get back to that upper bound world, I did. And it was um, at SEC. Um, it was going through um, some more uh, rural high schools, um, and again, sort of getting those those students uh, to step foot on a college campus to see that they belong there, to see that they could interact with instructors and whatever dreams that they had for themselves were were realistic, were tangible, um, and things like that. And it was it was a super super great experience. Um, and kind of in that, I kind of got an itch to work with more of a college age uh, population and sort of provide some of those similar um, services. Um, uh, SEC at the time had um, a position open that was called a student retention specialist. And um, it was essentially you were an academic coach for um, students um, as they sort of started out and needed help. It wasn't quite tutoring, but it was more getting students set up with some of the baseline academic skills like note taking, test taking, um, how do you be a student, things like that. Um, and so I jumped at the opportunity to take uh, that position. Um, that position was in Lincoln, so I got to sort of not have um, super long commute during work. So I got to sort of be within 10 minutes of my house uh, to work. And um, again, I sort of sit down with that job as an idea of this is what uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to be an academic coach for students. I'm going to help them with the note taking part of everything. Um, and the first person who sits down in my office on my first day um, that job was referred um, by a developmental English instructor, um, and it was a it was a guy who was in his 40s who just came into my office with just tears in his eyes. And like the first thing that he said to me was just that uh, I need a friend. And oh. it, <laughs> I know it was something I felt completely just unequipped for, um, but at the same time, like it just allowed you to be. Um, a human being to uh, to another person for a little bit. And um, we sort of got him um, situated, um, sort of as, as, as we sit down that, that first time, 
Uh, we talked through kind of what his plan was, and he wasn't so much looking for a degree. He was just looking for to take a few classes so his employer, so he could get some more skills, so his employer could give him full-time work so he could have benefits and things like that. Um, and he was just having a really tough time because he didn't see a lot of people like him who were in his classes um, and things like that. So we kept checking in, um, and eventually uh, he was there for just a couple months at the end of that term and sort of found a full-time position and kind of moved on. Um, but from that kind of first interaction, I got a full sense of this this job is so much more than that that academic side of it. And there are all these folks sort of walking around um, our our main community college campus at SEC, which is in Lincoln, has about you know seven to nine thousand students, and it's completely um, commuter campus, um, no residential area, uh, no res halls um, there, right. and. It was just a whole whole idea. Sort of after meeting with a student like that, you sort of get an idea of what are all the other people on campus sort of walking around with, and what what are they carrying with them that can help them or kind of hinder their success in school or help their success if they find connections for folks in classes, if they find connection to other student affairs staff on on the college, and um, that was sort of another another touch point um, to that job. And um, I was the one student retention specialist for sort of the whole student body of campus. There were some other ones on campus who were sort of for dedicated um, scholarships and um, student populations. So there were some, we had like a promise scholarship at the college for folks like right out of high school. So we had a couple of success coaches or um, retention specialists for that. Um, and then for a couple other scholarship programs. But I kind of had like, 4,000 students sort of under my umbrella there uh, to work with um, as one person. So I was just a lot of getting as many emails and calls and things that were, and uh, stuff like that out to students. And so I didn't really have a lot of time um, to really set with it and program around it. And it was all just churn, churn, churn and burn, burn, burn um, through all these student alerts and student referrals and things like that that came into my office. Um, but Eventually, uh, the student success coach or the student, the director of student success uh, position came up. They sort of restructured our office to be sort of more in line with what we do and calling ourselves uh, success coaches. But um, in the process of um, going through that that interview and thinking about what a director position looks like or someone who's in charge of that particular office, um, it really allowed me to sort of start to think about like what do I want out of my work and the other folks who are around me and what's what's going to have the most meaningful impact on students that we work with and um, that's where I really got stuck on the um, the the basic needs um, services that that we offer students and a couple years after that I've been this position for about two and a half years and um, in our office we have um, a food pantry we have free printing for our students um, we have um, on our Lincoln campus, an office of about 11 uh, success coaches who can sit down and work with students do the, the goal setting, the planning and everything like that. But from a basic needs standpoint, we also have some of our um, offices and scholarships can provide um, some emergency funds. They can um, provide some of the, um, some mini grants for sort of the extra costs that come up for students with um, their equipment costs for programs or things like that that can be um, a real barrier. And so, um, a lot of that basic need stuff has really been um, 
the, the, the spark point for um, really moving what we do and work um, um, forward. And so that's what, that's what a, the last couple of years have really been like. Mm, yeah, that's, it's all important stuff. I mean, cause yeah, it's like very valuable and helpful. It'll just like, he hears how to like organize your life and manage your time and like take good notes and like, you know, how to study and those sort of things. Cause like, you know, oftentimes people maybe just haven't really built those good habits or especially if it's people who, you know, are coming back to school after a while, but you know, if you're working with somebody on time management, it would sort of naturally be like, okay, well, like what commitments do you have? Like, what is your schedule look like? So we can manage that time as well as we can. And it's like, yeah, you're getting into their, you know, their personal life and where they're coming from and that that's impacting their studies and those sort of things. So it's really cool to have somebody, you know, uh, like the work that you did. And now that you're helping to sort of uh, support other people to do and that they're kind of, um, really digging into that to like, because I think that, that that's like the thing too, where like you're saying with like emergency funds and food pantries and that kind of stuff, it's like that only makes the work harder, especially obviously like it's really hard for the student. They're struggling with that. But then it's like, well, I'm the coach and this student's like engaging with me and there's stuff that like I, I just can't help them with. Like they, they need, you know, yeah, just like some extra funding to, you know, stay in their apartment or fix their car, or, you know, get medical care or something. And that allows them to persist and succeed because like, you know, they really all other things being equal would, would want to continue doing that, but there's other blockers in place, but like, you know, oftentimes there's only so much a student affairs professional can really do, but if, yeah. you know, the institution and offices and things are, they're making resources available, it's really always, you know, it's just great for me to see and, and hear about. And I guess, you know, cause I think you, you answered a little bit or a lot of the stuff that I wanted to kind of get to in terms of like, you know, your own journey and like those sort of things, like because of those things, if those are things like the, um, like the emergency funds and food pantries and that kind of stuff. Like, cause that's, I guess that's kind of your world now. Like, like what are you, what's kind of like resonating for you in terms of your current work with those things? If there's anecdotes of like, what's really reinforced the value or the importance of those, or like, if you've seen, like, I guess, how, how are you take it? If it's like, you know, one unique, like personal anecdote, or you've seen like, you know, metrics improve or like, you know, like different things, like how, how do we, I don't know how you, maybe you're coming at it, you know, but um, yeah, like I guess what's kind of like keeping you, engage with his works. I know, like I said, I mean, it could be tough at times with these struggles that people are having, but you know, what are things that sort of, uh, keep you motivated and keep you engaged, uh, you know, keep at this work. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things are really great on a, on a daily basis of keeping us, uh, I say us, um, because I think a lot, a lot of the, the folks that work, um, in the, in the area of student success on our campus, um, really sort of stay motivated by, by kind of similar experiences. And we have just the coolest like groups of students that get to come through and hang out. And um, for a long time, our office uh, had existed in um, what's, what was essentially a broom closet where we had sort of like six staff um, who just sort of had um, pop-up temporary um, cubicle walls and furniture mm -hmm. set up in there. There was no place for students to set and um, no place for students to really like interact with the coach except for on these one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, well, just before the, um, I was hired as the um, director of that, that area, I um, moved into um, what's now known as a, as a student success center. And we have um, all kinds of tables and computers and all this other stuff, enough space for a food pantry. Um, and we just get to set and exist with this, this regular 
um, group of students that we have um, during the day. And like I said, on our particular campus um, in Lincoln, um, there's not um, residential halls. And um, some, some of our students have to um, get a ride with um, their parents on their, on their way into, um, on mom and dad's way into um, work. And so they're kind of just there all day without really any place else to go. So we get a lot of students who just sort of have us as their, as their home base. We get to sit and interact with them. Mm. And even though it's a community college, like you still get to see so much growth from folks in, in one to two years. And um, our, we're currently set up on a quarter system. We'll move to semesters later on. Um, but we sort of get these people in from term by term and you just see this super growth from quarter one to quarter two to quarter three before someone takes off and has to do like their, their clinicals or other um, job site work um, before they graduate. Um, and that's sort of like one-on-one -on -one growth that you see uh, with the students um, that you see, see and interact with daily is just, is just wonderful. Um, from, a, from a larger standpoint, um, our um, institution on, in, the, in the past two or three years has really shifted from uh, student services uh, mindsets uh, that's uh, transactional, that's just sort of get a student what they need and, uh, and help them move on. Um, to a student affairs, um, to a student affairs informed approach, where we are super concerned about uh, the student experience and from where students um, start um, to where we can hope that they finish and what all touch points do they have with different areas um, in our college and where do barriers exist and what can we do to address those those barriers um, and it really digs into um, the data in ways that we haven't done. Um, in the past, and it really existed. Uh, it really um, digs into uh, a sense of collaboration and a sense of everyone um, who's on the campus is working towards uh, the same student experience, um, a positive student experience, an inclusive student experience. And um, we sit on all kinds of uh, teams and steering committees with folks um, from all over the college, from an instructional side. Uh, from an admission side, from a uh, testing side, from an accommodations um, and disability services side, from uh, tutoring and some of the other um, library services and things like that. And we just get to sort of set and um, talk about what we can do to work together um, to make a student experience better. Um, and that's from an onboarding perspective where we have sort of our welcome week stuff. We, um, from a new student orientation perspective, there's a lot of different um, areas of the college that sit on those teams. and. Um, it comes in part because um, at a community college, you don't have um, the full breadth of resources that maybe big institutions, uh, four-year institutions do, um, but it really lends itself to this um, cultivating of a community that maybe hadn't existed um, three to five years ago. And it is such a wonderful thing to be a part of. Like, as someone who's, as I mentioned sort of at the start when we were talking, someone who is just super extroverted and super just wanting to sit down and connect with people and get their best ideas and all that. Um, it's super wonderful to go into work every day and know um, that I get to um, interact with the full cross-section of college, uh, of, of the college to uh, make student experiences better. And that discussion of ideas and that discussion of really moving towards positive goals is um, something that's just wonderful and it just, lights my fire just every darn day yeah well yeah and I, like the, that's like part of the culture that like people 
show up to that, engage in it, and like you know, kind of taking the whole community there to help make sure that all aspects of student life are sort of uh, sort of supported and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that like because I know a lot of places are doing it, but I'm sure some places are not making the resources as readily available or, you know, they're not, um, I don't know, they're not, they're not even thinking of it, I guess, but like, you know, just in the ways that you had already you know, spoken about, about, you know, emergency funds and food pantries and that kind of stuff. It's like, it's manifesting for sure in that way. And even just for the, the sake of like, like you're saying, just like that physical space, even just existing is like valuable for people to just be like, that's a place for me to go. Like, otherwise, like, you know, I wouldn't have anywhere to go and I may not come here because I don't have anywhere to go, you know, like, cause I just need to like hang out and study or print something or do whatever. It's like just us being here is valuable and like, you know, increases retention. Cause I, again, it was like, I could see certain people being like, you know, Oh, I don't really interact with students necessarily on a daily basis. So I don't have those personal anecdotes, but I can see that like, we're like keeping more students. Students are like getting better grades or students are like, you know, graduating and those sort of things. And it's like, it all matters. So it's like, if somebody's like, Oh, you know, I don't do it for the numbers. You know, I do it. Cause it's like, I know that I'm talking to this person and then they're like feeling better supported and they're making connections and they're doing better in their classes or whatever. Or they're like getting what they need. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like I like straddle both worlds now kind of just like, um, seeing like the direct impact of efforts on like the student experience, but also like, kind of no and I'm, and I'm sure you do as well i guess just yeah. always kind of keeping a finger on the pulse of like you know how things are tracking uh kind of more of the numbers and stuff too but um uh well, i guess the other thing too, that we'll move on because it's more just me like it's a bit more of my world too kind of like working in kind of the the digital space with higher ed is there anything that you all are working on? Cause I guess it would sort of serve even just with like commuters and maybe like adult learners and stuff, just like in terms of like kind of changing paradigms in terms of like using different digital platforms or like different flexible hours to catch people like after work or stuff like that. Like what, what are you all kind of thinking about in that regard, I guess? And I don't know if that's something that is like in the works or whatever, but I guess I'm curious how that's sort of manifesting there for you all. Yeah. in the last, in the last year, um, from an hour standpoint, like you mentioned, um, we have just been keeping um, kind of from a, a headcount standpoint of um, from folks in our office, sort of busy times when they see students, things like that. Um, and we've actually um, expanded our hours uh, just to provide that kind of availability um, from both kind of a space standpoint where students can set, exist, have some place to print, um, but also from interacting with a human being standpoint where students can come in and get um, questions answered about um, either quick things answered about their financial aid or um, it, it, a lot of what we do is uh, really helping um, students to sort of um, set goals and sort of navigate kind of the, the bureaucracy that exists um, on a college campus. And so um, how to navigate uh, maybe a conflict with an instructor or um, I got this letter from the college and I don't really know how to interpret it. Um, let's, can you just talk me through these steps of what I need to do? Um, or students come in saying that they, they struggle with classes and they um, just need a referral either to tutoring or like a recommendation disability services or uh, talk to someone about um, the, the transfer process to a four-year school. Um, so that expanding hours has been um, something that has been kind of a data-driven um, decision that, that we've made. Um, another thing um, that's happened within the last year is um, we've um, just 
bought and, and got. Um, thankfully, this new advising software um, that we have, that's um, a college-wide shared um, note system that we have not had um, in the past. Um, our sort of previous paradigm was um, a faculty person would uh, create an alert for um, a student of concern that they'd have. Um, and it could be like someone wasn't, wasn't attending class or someone failed an exam. Um, and that alert would uh, go to a success coach. A success coach would follow up with the student, sort of take their own notes. Um, but those notes, the faculty weren't looped in on. And really, a lot of the other success coaches weren't necessarily um, looped in on or didn't get notifications about it or, um, in some cases, couldn't see the notes um, altogether. Mm. Well, this, this new platform allows kind of just about everyone, uh, everyone from student affairs and um, a whole lot of the, the faculty members to um, take notes on students that they interact with. Um, it allows sort of for a more easy way to uh, create alerts and have those, um, the follow-up on those alerts be kind of more collaborative, um, not just someone from one office is in charge of it, and that's the only person who can see any of these updates. Um, it also allows for a case management um, aspect. So from a student affairs standpoint, one of the um, cross-section of teams um, that we have from folks in different areas of student affairs and academic affairs um, is what we call a care team, uh, which is just folks who meet on a regular basis to talk through um, different cases uh, with students of concern and um, find you know, sort of proactive and positive ways to um, help those students out through whatever they're dealing with. Um, so those two things are kind of the, the big ways that sort of speak to sort of the, the changing culture that, that the college has had um, and something that provides better and more comprehensive uh, support for students and something that fosters um, from a, a faculty and staff perspective more collaboration and more transparency. Um, and it's been something that's um, we're still sort of in the process of rolling out and getting and getting kinks out and sort of setting expectations for different areas. But um, it's been a lot of good work. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Even just like, yeah, like simple, like, tools like that, where it might not be like the most complex thing in the world. It's just like, yeah, it's good for like consistency and like sharing yeah. information and notifications and alert. like, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad, uh, yeah, glad y'all are uh, getting that kind of stuff. And yeah, cause I mean, I think that's like, it, it, you know, some, some places again are just like further along in certain aspects than others, but it's like, you know, you all kind of trying to uh, kind of go step by step with all of the important stuff that kind of every student affairs and uh, every campus should be doing in terms of like solving as you can, those actual problems that they're going through for, you know, more often than not like financial stuff, but also just like using like good digital tools, whether it's, yeah, just for like information tracking and sharing or like for scheduling and video conferencing or, you know, uh, all these different things. It's like, there's a lot of great stuff out there and just obviously whatever makes the most sense for a particular campus or office or, um, students and stuff. But, um, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I guess just moving on from all the, the work-related stuff, because I know you do have uh, some uh, geeky hobbies, which I appreciate, <laughs> of course. Uh, so I guess, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to dive into that, I guess uh, I can also I'll turn on my video, because I do have my little workspace here, if you can see some of the uh, oh, nice. geeky art and everything. Um, oh, my gosh. Not great for the people listening, but both of us have very, you know, uh, geeky offices, geeky personalities. It kind of informs our, like... <laughs> worldviews and yes. just personalities and all that kind of stuff. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it just, just can see behind me like three different Spider-Man posters, <laughs> and what I can see out the other end here is like what Dustin can't see is like two dozen um, Funko convention exclusive things just like lining all over my wall. So <sighs> there's a lot of geeky stuff happening. There's a geeky vibe, like yeah, as we talk. Um, well, yeah, I think it's like you know, I recognize that maybe it's just people I gravitate towards, but like you know. Uh, like helper, you know, like people in helping professions, it's like superheroes and like, you know, saving the day. It's just like, yeah, you can get, you know, like gravitate towards that. And it's just like an enjoyable sort of thing, but also just like great stories or just like entertainment, you know, and like whatever, however people come to it. But yeah, I know that's something I think we've um, connected on a lot before, but I guess, you know, what's kind of capturing your attention right now? Like, what are you geeking out about? Is it like new stuff, like nostalgia or whatever? Um, yeah. What's grabbing your attention lately? <laughs> um, from, I mean, what's grabbing my attention lately is every like Captain Marvel trailer um, mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. out. And um, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, I'm a dad to uh, a three-year-old. And so the movies that I can find the time during the day to see are a little bit different than maybe the ones that I would love to see. Like I haven't had a chance to go see um, Into the Spider-Verse yet or things like that. But Every time a new like Captain Marvel movie drops, like I have to go through like my work calendar, my personal calendar, just to make sure that things are blocked out, just like exactly like I wanted mm-hmm. to be. Holy cow, does that look awesome? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, because that's like any good excuse to get out to the theaters. Because yeah, like Spider Verse was the last uh, movie that I went to go see, and as somebody who has Spider-Man art on his wall, it's like, whatever you get to see it, it's going to be a treat. So it's like, you can look forward to that. Um, but yeah, like just more good movies coming out this year. Like, yeah, like Captain mm-hmm. Marvel and obviously the next Avengers and like, um, yep. another Spider-Man movie. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Cause I guess, yeah, it's just like, I mean, the escapism and I, I know, I don't know if this is something that you've recognized in yourself in terms of just how you consume like movies and television, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Obviously so much stuff we can watch on demand at home. And when I go to the theater, I think part of it that I've recognized that is so enjoyable is like when I go, I go to see the movie. Like if I'm on my couch or I'm doing something, I might be like, oh, I'm messing around on my phone or, you know, I get a notification or I stop the movie halfway through and I go do something. It's like if I'm in the theater to watch a movie, like that's all that I'm doing. So I think that's why like at least once a month I like doing it. And sometimes I do it on my own. Sometimes I do it with my wife or like with friends or whatever. But I don't know if that's like if you're big on like your the way that you consume a movie or just any of that kind of stuff like um being important yeah i i mean as a as a parent maybe some other parents can relate but just can, finding any time to consume a movie is a great time <laughs> um so whether it's in a theater or at home but i remember uh the couple times that i did get to go out and like actually like see a movie like i went out to um watch uh black panther and i was actually um that was the time i was in uh dc for a conference and mm-hmm. a time later in the day and so i went to uh the portrait gallery um first and i got to see like the obama portraits and then i got to walk across the street and go to like an afternoon showing of black panther um and just be able to like set in um all kinds of just excellence um from that movie and be able to reflect on it sort of as like credits rolled was just like such a powerful experience and seeing it in the theater and not like fiddling through your phone or like jumping from one escapism to the next, like being able to just focus on the power of that movie and what I just saw in the portrait gallery 
dang, that was powerful. And the, the same thing for, um, there's a couple afternoons that I'll just take if I have nothing going on and I just sort of like hit a point in the week where I'm just like, eh, I'm done just with work things. Like my brain can't take a lot more. I'll just go through some personal hours and just take off for a movie. And that's when I saw um, Infinity War. And it was like, it was just like this gut punch and just this huge, just like visceral feeling at the end of the movie. But like, as you're walking out of the theater, like, man, I just glad like these things just exist. So you could actually just like feel that at a point. Like, I don't know what happens in real life that doesn't have a whole lot of consequences that you can really feel those kind of, um, those kind of visceral, either just like gutting, like losing their favorite character or, um, having to reflect on just sort of the permanence of, God, this is dark, like on the permanence of like death or like other the darkness of what Thana was dealing with or Thanos was dealing with, but dang, it's cool that we have movies and other, um, books and forms to be able to, uh, reflect on that and just think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they package together so much like any of the Marvel movies because, you know, they're not immune from criticisms for sure. But like, right. it's like it's a fun ride. It's epic scale. It's yeah, like mm-hmm. emotional stuff and just like the satisfaction of like a story building over time and all this stuff. But it's like, um, yeah, just like any like especially for those because they're like made to be seen in theaters, too. So it's like, yeah, always always looking forward to the next one. Yeah, Captain Marvel being looking like it's going to be like an amazing next one. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, Well, I guess, I mean, just to, I guess that would be, and then we'll get any like sort of like, you know, uh, tips of the hat of any sitting, anything specific that you might want to recommend uh, that you might have consumed or uh, recently or just kind of classically, but just to make sure to sort of uh, kind of give it the proper space, I guess if it's like any of the more recent stuff, like you mentioned with black Panther or, um, again, like more traditionally, like what are these like hobbies and stuff just for you, for you personally, like anything else, I guess, that are like things that are salient in terms of like, cause you know, for me, it's like all this stuff I've been into forever. And I, you know, I just always yeah. think of these, you know, different ideals that I aspire to, or, you know, things about teamwork or whatever, you know, like sure. they, they sort of instilled good lessons, I get, you know, but yeah, anything, I guess, in terms of how you see these like hobbies and interests uh, positively contributing to your life and perhaps as a parent or, you know, whatever kind of way you want to take oh. it. Absolutely. Um, like I have been like, I've been like ride or die with Spider-Man from when I was like nine. And, um, I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know if you saw it. I put something out like sort of on that, on that day that Stan Lee died, um, of just the importance of those characters when I was like in, um, third, fourth and fifth grade. Um, cause I was having a little bit, um, of a problem being this sort of in a small town and somehow just not having a whole lot of friends and not being super comfortable, like with my, within my own body. Um, and being able to watch like the, the X-Men, um, animated TV series through the Mm -hmm. nineties and seeing the, uh, being able to uh, pick up and buy um, Spider-Man comics and X-Men comics and just sort of see, um, those folks who sort of, struggle with a little bit of that same exclusion struggle with some of the same um i'm not sure who i am i have this is the body that i'm currently inhabiting and i'm not really sure what to do with it but to still sort of get up every day and step out the door and do good um 
those are a lot of things that have stuck with me about um, just the work that we do and uh, what I want to do sort of day in and day out is that um, really no matter what, there's always this, this good to do and there's this um, way to make those around you better, your community around you better. And um, if you have the ability to, then in some ways you have the responsibility to. Um, and Spider-Man is all about responsibility, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that's sort of um, where we're at. And I think being able to share that a lot with uh, a little three-year-old kiddo who just adores Wonder Woman. Um, she's super big at the moment in like all these um, Disney princesses um, and Wonder Woman um, on the side of that. And it, may, it makes me wonder a little bit about, well, what are the, some of the things that she's like taking away from these things? Um, either if it's like Cinderella or um, anyone else, because while Disney movies are, are pretty great, there's some messages that aren't super great in there, um, especially for uh, young women. But when I ask her about like, what, is, what do you enjoy about Wonder Woman? Or what do you enjoy about Moana? Or what do you enjoy about Cinderella? She has all these just cool and just badass things that she likes about them. Like, I like Wonder Woman because she is strong and she Bites. I love Moana because she is brave and she tries new things. I love Cinderella because she is kind. And just hearing that sort of thought process from a little tiny human, just, I don't know, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And um, it sort of connects some of the things that I enjoyed about my really early heroes and things like that to sort of what she's feeling about them now as a three-year-old. And that's, that's a cool experience to have. Well, I think too, it's like part of the sort of like the moniker of like geekdom of like almost like a personality <laughs> or, you know, whatever is that like, I think it is almost like people who kind of like consume media and almost like that different, like critical way. Like you're really getting to like the morality or like the, the lessons or sort of like mm -hmm. the arcs that characters go on of like, you know, these different things where, you know, cause yeah, it's like, especially the, you know, these dated Disney movies, it's like you take them at face value. It's like, a, you know, this formula and it's like, okay, especially now in like 2019, really not the lessons that we'd want to be teaching people, but it's like, it's mm -hmm. not to say that there's nothing to be taken from them as good examples sure. of like, you know, yeah, yeah there's like, kind characters that work together or do things it's like so yeah it's really cool that you know picking up on like the the good things from uh you know things that could certainly be uh you know problematic in certain cases but um right. well i guess too i guess uh yeah i mean anything specific in any of those regards of like um any particular like uh yeah comics like books uh movies podcasts anything that you'd want to recommend that's um uh, Again, either just sort of like an all-time favorite of yours or something recently that you got into, um, anything that we could include in the show notes. Um, yeah, so recently, um, and this is these are going to be more tied to work than maybe like geeky things. Um, they're kind of geeky part of work that I like. Um, <laughs> one thing that I'm super into is, in addition to kind of removing barriers of, of uh, barriers that students run into at work, I'm really really interested in reframing the way that we address um, how we talk about students who are experiencing those barriers. Like I read a really good um, piece and I'll, I'll send you the link to it. Um, so that can be shared wider. Um, is essentially asking the question, is lazy a real thing? And it goes into, um, it was a social psychologist who sort of wrote the piece who essentially said, um, if 
you look at a, a person and their situation and you think lazy, um, then what you should really be looking for are the unforeseen um, barriers. And um, at, that just lines up with my experience working with students who have been academically suspended from our college. And it really comes through in some of our data that says, largely the reason that students leave or don't finish their degree has nothing to do with what we perceive to be intelligence. It has everything to do with barriers or asking for help or on unforeseen um, circumstances or mental health issues or things like that that all these students are experiencing that um, really that's the that's where the big barriers are and if we can sort of tap into when we see students who exhibit exhibit these um, what we would consider problem behaviors um, how we address that with them can really transform um, not just like our student retention rate or anything, but it can really just transform how we um, address and wrap our arms around students and help them care and help them move on uh, with their lives. So that's been something that I've been really trying to dig farther into and really have that be the, the torch I carry all over my college um, uh, about how we really talk about and address uh, students of concern. Um, and then the other part of things that I'm really working on um, this year, in addition to removing that word lazy or anything it's really um this is the the year and you can bleep this out if you need to like this is the year that i'm going to own my shit in a lot of ways and um part of it is going to be that um i need to t reflect super hard so when i see problematic behaviors or behaviors that i perceive to be problematic i need to rethink how i address them and i need to address that with curiosity and a little bit of sense of wonder and a little sense of digging at that instead of casting a judgment or, or reacting out of haste or anger or things like that. Um, and some books or some ideas that have helped me with that has been like um, the Insight book by Tasha Yurik is flipping amazing. We went through sort of her like 50 question like insight self-analysis um, from in our one-on-one -on -one meetings with staff. So with the 11 people that I supervise, we go through um, different things every week talking about, or every other week talking about values, aspirations, things like that, in addition to the things that come up in our work. And it's really just sort of shed this whole new light on the people that I work with and had me reframe a lot of these notions that I had about these people that I've worked with, in some cases for five or six years. And um, me taking that time to really own that my perspective isn't always the absolute right perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of truth and shades out there that um, that can be different, has really transformed how I how I manage, how I interact with folks, and um, hope to carry that on uh, throughout the rest of the year. Other things that have helped with that has been um, the HBR IdeaCast podcast. Um, that takes a lot of Harvard faculty in their business school and talking about all these different concepts of um, some spots about business, but the ones I'm interested in about like team culture and organizational culture and really bringing joy to work or limiting barriers or how do we interact with one another um, in ways that, that challenge um, perceived ideals, but sort of manage, um, manage to get the best ideas and, and things like that. Um, and then the um, Educate podcast um, has been super great as well. There's not... There's not a lot of like, 
I mean, there's Inside Higher Ed and there's like Chronicle of Education, like Chronicle of Higher Ed, and that's been basically my my news source for education uh, material um, in the last few years. But um, I came across Educate sometime in the middle in late last year, um, and it's from some branch of the public media universe, and um, they've been really great about taking really dedicated time to um, talk about a particular issue in higher education. And they really devote um, anywhere from like a half hour to like a full hour of just like really talking about it, unfolding it, and um, addressing it in um, interesting ways. So those are some of the things that I've been outside of the regular geeky realm, kind of the work geeky realm. That's what I've been um, thinking about a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's all good stuff. And yeah, I mean, that tends to be like, yeah, the books that I read are, yeah, like kind of like nonfiction stuff and just sort of like, mm-hmm you know, helps me in like my entire world or just like, you know, <laughs> professional world maybe, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's good recommendations. And I think, uh, good lessons, like good little nuggets for people to chew on if then, and then they can follow up the books and things uh, to look into to explore more of just like, cause yeah, like the, the one person perceiving someone else to be lazy. It's like the idea of like, if you're, you know, working so many hours and you're taking care of like children or family or it's like like time is limited and you're just like well why don't you just like you know do whatever it's like i literally don't have time i gotta like commute i gotta work i gotta do this it's like i just don't have time and that's like the enemy of like i remember reading that in a very like enlightening article or it's just like that's a good point because that's certainly been you know my life sometimes where it's just like i can't do things so i don't have the time because like a thing is closed and i can't go because i have you know there's other stuff to do and then yeah, if like people are saying problematic stuff, it's like that's you know, the culture like the internet culture moment right now is just like the outrage culture. We just want to like mm-hmm. have the like the righteous indignation to be like, oh, you're like you're wrong, right? You know, but that certainly sometimes comes from like I think that I'm right on all things, and you're like you're not fitting in my paradigm, so I'm gonna like you know, sort of you know, yeah, like, get on you about it or whatever. So it's like yeah, just yeah. like those kind of things, like reshaping stuff. It's that's really good. Yeah, my my outrage pulpit and things like that has certainly gotten a lot smaller um, um, doing this because it just seems like there's there's a whole there's a whole lot to unpack and I cannot claim to be the the person who is right about all um, whether it's in my day to day or whatever you read on on Twitter or the internet like right. I just gotta own my stuff, man. Yeah, I yeah. focus on. Um, well, that makes me think of just completely like non-related, like from like the context that it came from, but it's sort of like, it was good advice. So maybe this will like hit some people that are listening in a, in a particularly good way. So it was in the context, like a friend who's like had some like dating troubles and stuff was just like, like, Hey Dustin, like you seem like a pretty good guy. Like what would be your advice for like, if I was looking for somebody like you or something and I was like, you know what? It's that idea. It's like owning your stuff and like taking care of yourself, whether that's, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, gym rats and meatheads or whatever. It's like, that's clear where it's like, Oh, you quote unquote, like take care of yourself. But it's like, it's a lot more than that. It's like, yeah, like owning your stuff and like going to therapy. If you feel like that's something that would be helpful, but like, yeah, it could just be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I've recognized this like behavior or habit. I think I want to change. I'm going to like read on it or, um, I don't know, like, yeah, start or stop doing something that doesn't feel, like something I would, you know, want to continue doing or whatever kind of shape it takes. But like, I'm like, if you're dating, like try to find somebody who like, they capture that somehow. It's like, you're taking care of yourself because it's also like, you know, bringing all your baggage to a relationship or you're not going to have these like, you know, bad habits or something. It's just like, try to find somebody who is like, who takes care of themselves on like sort of the next level from just like 
purely physical, which is obviously important because that, that sort of embodies like going to the doctor and like not eating crap all the time. But um, yeah, it's like it's that, that was like it, that made me think of that of just like, yeah, it's important to do for anyone at any point, you know, just like, you know, yeah. Like for sure, like especially like what I would say from like a staff standpoint too is like if we don't if we aren't taking care of our, our whole self in that in that capacity, not just from a wellness perspective, but really just owning our role and kind of the ineffective behaviors that that we have or, or encounter, like how can we expect to take care of like our students? Like we are going to be dragging along so much of our own baggage. Like we we we're not going to have any hands for theirs and. I mean, we just mentioned students are walking a pretty tight rope for um, all the stuff that they have to juggle. So we got to bring our best selves to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Well, to uh, (laughs) I guess because, yes, that I'll take that's like an optimistic thing. You know, like we have to sort of. I don't know, embody the values that we aspire to to you know help students in the best way possible. So I always like to end the episodes on an optimistic note. So. you can take it, you know, kind of one or any or all. Um, what are what is something or what are some things uh, that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world? I am looking forward to in our job. I'm looking forward to all these changes um, that are happening. We are switching to semesters in August of this year, and that gives us an entire summer term to really transform the onboarding process that we have for students from um, coaching them while they're in high school to um, guiding them through the orientation process and then really seeking seeking all of our care and love into them in the first um, weeks that they're at college. And um, I think that's such a cool opportunity that we get to completely rewrite that from a semester's uh, perspective. So that's awesome. Um, things that I'm looking forward to in the world I'm going to hit up again that Captain Marvel looks amazing and um, I'm going to be all kinds of looking forward um, to that and um, from like a self that's that's outside of work like I am just um, I haven't touched on this at all like um, one of the other hobbies and things that I love and I love to just get out and geek out about is just running and I just I enjoy the winter months, but I cannot wait for ice to be off of the sidewalk so I can actually like get out and put one foot in front of the other and just run, run, run for um, actually having daylight outside to do it. So that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that's something that's like, uh, I mean, hard enough for anybody to like get out to the gym when it's cold. But if it's just like, well, I prefer <laughs> to run outside and it's really like, I mean, not impossible, but like far yeah. harder right now. Um, yeah, we just had our first, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, our first good snow of the winter here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how this, this, I, I think this is the first time that like living in the city that it's like had substantial snow. Cause we, uh, moved here in like February of last year. I don't think it snowed at any point. Um, then, so now it's just like, okay, we'll get to see how this city reacts to having like <laughs> a decent amount of snow on the ground. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, that's all good stuff. And I appreciate you uh, sharing all that you did and uh, giving us some good resources to connect with in the show notes. But um, yeah, I mean, appreciate your time as always. And um, always good talking to you. And uh, yeah, just please, I encourage everybody to, Kevin's a very good follow on social media and uh, uh, connect with them if you want to keep, you know, keep the conversation going and stuff. But uh, yeah, just appreciate your time again. And 
yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Well, I hope so, Dustin. Thanks for having me on. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connectedupod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.